Praise God. Whew. I don't know what's happening out there, but it's strong up here. My Lord. Jesus. Whoa. Hallelujah. Well, Acts 14 is still in Acts. Still there. Acts, the 14th chapter, a picture of our world today, a picture of our world today. Coming out of chapter 13 of Acts, Paul and Barnabas filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. And there's still a multitude of us left. I thought. Don't leave me up here by myself now. Come on now. Duh. <laughs> the disciples were filled with joy. And the source of that was with the Holy Ghost. I still miss evangelist R.W. Shambach saying, Holy Ghost. He could get more mileage out of Holy Ghost. And Holy Ghost is all through the book of Acts. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, same. <laughs> One day I said, God, why, why does sometimes it say Holy Spirit, sometimes say Holy Ghost? And he said, Holy Ghost is a pride buster. We don't mind ghosts on Halloween, but don't bring them to church. The real ghost, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Yes, we will. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so the Bible said that they came to Iconium, and, and they both went together into the synagogue. Now, there's something you need to understand about Paul and Jesus. Some people say, well, you know, I don't go to church because they just don't do everything like I'd like for them to do. Can you imagine anything as dead and dry and boring as a synagogue back then? For a born-again, spirit-filled, on-fire-for-God believer. Can you just imagine on purpose getting up, dressing, <laughs> and, and going to church where it was dry, dry, boring, boring, argument after argument? I, I, I can't. But listen to me, as their custom was, Jesus went to church. As his custom was, Paul following the example of Jesus, Paul and Barnabas went to church. Amen. 
What I'm speaking about today is the power of hearing and acting on the Word that is preached in church. When Brother Shuttlesworth was here, I was sitting on the front pew. And I was drawn by the Holy Spirit to listen intently to what was being said. I couldn't have cared less about anything else in this whole wide world. I was hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And God spoke to me on that front pew by hearing the anointed Word of God. Folks, church is not a place you go. It's a place you grow. I want to say that one more time. Church is not just another place you go. You can go to ball games. You can go to this. You can go to that uh, arts thing or whatever. Church is not just a place you go. It's a place that you go to grow. And I, I say boldly, unless you cannot go to the house of God. And believe me, I've been in that situation this last year, not by choice. And thank God for the media. Thank God for streaming. And thank God for uh, the good part of Christian television. Thank God for it. But church is not just a place you go. Well, we went to church today. What did you learn? Kind of like your kid coming home from school. What did you learn in school today? <laughs> you ever get much straight answer on that one? They just don't have much to say. For some reason, I, I, I don't know. I haven't figured that one out. I, I'm an ex-kid, but I forgot what I was thinking back then. All right. But the Bible said they went together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude of the Jews and also of the Greeks believed. <laughs> See, here's, here's what happens. If you, if you think things are kind of dead around there, why don't you bring some life? <laughs> you know why praise and worship is so important? Because we don't come in fired up. Because it takes us a while to get cranked up. I'm seeing some heavy revies here this morning. Amen. The Bible said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with. All right. We're living up now. Praise God. And so literally, as you go through this chapter, we see them going to the house of God. Now, the Bible tells us that there was division. There was division. It's right here in the 14th chapter. But the multitude, verse 4, but the multitude of the city was divided. Listen to Pastor Nichols very carefully. If you don't know what you're, if you don't know what you believe, 
and you're willing to stand by it, come hell or high water, no matter what the latest revelation of some fuzzy-headed professor or some off-the-wall religious latest guru, you'll fall for anything if you don't know what the Word of God has to say. Amen? And so, you know, today, in my lifetime, and I've lived a while, I've never seen so much division in politics for sure. It's crazy. In fact, politics is no longer politics. It's insanity. And we are seeing the end-time Antichrist spirit being manifested on a daily basis on the news media, in the news, and in, <laughs> in, in parts of Congress and the Senate too. It's, it's no longer disagreeing with somebody across the aisle. You hate their guts. You're rude. You'd ruin someone's future. You'd ruin their fortune. You'd ruin their family. You'd ruin their marriage. You'd ruin their children. You don't give a rip. All you want is your political views to be applauded and accepted. So there's division in politics. There's division in families. I know there always has been a certain amount of that, but there is division in many families. You know, today, if you're really on fire for God, you're an odd one in your family. How many of you have families that are full of people that are hungry for God, seeking God, on fire for God, that when you get together for any kind of a meeting, it's hard to talk family because all you want to talk about is God and revival and the Word. Man, I feel like I'm in a strange land. This Come on now. Truck with me. You know I'm telling you the truth. We're absorbed with things. Thank God for things. I enjoy nice things. I enjoy driving a nice thing. I drove a nice thing. It was used, but I always had the cleanest nice thing in the neighborhood. Take care of what you got, and God will give you something better. It's nice to live nice. It's nice to drive nice. It's nice to dress nice. But it's better to be filled with the Holy Ghost and to know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. And to be absorbed with the fires of revival. There's division in states. I haven't heard... Uh, <laughs> I know we get fired up in Texas. <laughs> Do you know that Texas is, has a greater population, they tell me, than Australia? And what is the other nation? Really? Russia. I believe Russia. Could it be? There are two very populous areas that Texas alone has more real estate, more people than nations. We're not just, <laughs> Texas is an interesting place. Someone said they were watching a plane, people get off a plane and said the whole plane was full of midgets. 
<laughs> they said, well, who are these people? They said, they're <laughs> they think they're Texans. <laughs> All right, moving right along here. States, we're divided in education. We're divided in education. I never thought I'd see the day when Jesus didn't have a, didn't have a chance in schools. Never thought I'd see a day when we threw the Ten Commandments out. Never thought I'd see a day when they'd give less homework on Wednesday because everybody went to church on Wednesday night. It's not the same world I was raised in. You say, why are you trying to put it on us? Because it's right. Because it's right. We better get back to God being number one. We better get back to the Word of God. We better get back to in God we trust. We better get back as a nation. God has kept this nation from being overrun by the Germans and the Japanese. And even, <laughs> don't forget the Chinese nowadays. God has kept this nation. So in politics, family, states, education, in cities, our city's not the same city it used to be. We're having a lot of weird people move in here from different places. And if you just moved in, I'm not calling you weird unless you are weird. <laughs> if you're weird, you're weird. You're welcome in our house, just don't try to rearrange all our furniture, okay? <laughs> you, you know what I mean. You know, there's division in churches. Pentecost is not Pentecost is not Pentecost in most churches today, even those that profess it to be full gospel. You say, are you negative? No, no, we're coming to the positive side here. You come into churches. Churches are divided. We've, we've, we've had our share of that. We face that. Thank God and Greyhound, they're gone. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's fun having church with people that want to come to church. It's fun to have church with people that respect the pastor. It's, it's fun to have church with people that love the Lord. Wow, that's a trip, man. Hallelujah. There's division in churches. There's division among deacons. One deacon, he said, I'm in, he was a Baptist deacon. He said, I'm the devil's advocate in our church. And I said, take advocate off, sir. God doesn't put anybody in a church to be the devil of the church. Division among elders, division among leaders, division among laity. Now, why, why did I take time for that? If You know, we used to sing a little song in Sunday school. If we all pull together, 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 if we all pull together, how happy we'll be. <laughs> Brother John remembers the rest of it. But here's the thing that I want to get to the heart of really what the message is all about today. Just get a grip on yourself and don't let yourself be a part of the, 
the, the mean divisions of our nation. Amen. Praise God. Just, just, just get a grip and say, I'm a word person. I'm a Jesus person. I attend a Jesus church. I'm going to act like Jesus, talk like Jesus, give like Jesus, love like Jesus, help like Jesus, forgive like Jesus. I'm just going to act like Jesus. So as we look at this 14th chapter, I'm, I'm, I'm headed for a truth that I believe will really bless you because there is division in the land today. Australia is facing division as they've never faced it before. Did you know that Australia has whatever they call their president or prime minister? He is born again, spirit-filled. Thank you. I won't even go into what they've had to put up with over there, that mess they've had to put up with the last uh, go-around over there. But thank God, you know, <laughs> God's, God's on the move. I like that song. He's, God's on the move. God's on the move. Hallelujah. You may be parked, but God's on the move. <laughs> Hallelujah. But here's the thing. Antichrist society today would shut down all true New Testament churches. Did you know that? They don't even like churches that don't even claim to be Bible churches. And you better listen to Pastor Bob Nichols. You know, you know uh, I'm not looking for a fight. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I'll fight if I have to. And don't get me stirred up. We better get our votes straight. We better get our hearts straight. I'm not going to vote for abortion. I'm not going to vote for murder. I'm not going to vote for anti-God. I'm not going to vote on which bathroom to use. Amen. All right. Leave that alone. But anti-Christ society. See here, what it's the same thing that Paul and Barnabas faced. They went different places, and they faced the same spirit because Satan has the same spirit no matter where you go. Antichrist society today would shut down all true New Testament churches, all New Testament preachers, all New Testament teachers, and all New Testament laity. Your Jesus is not welcome in the average place where you work. Your Jesus is not, work, is not welcome. Do you understand that? He's not understanding. Just don't put a Bible on your desk. Just don't, don't have the name Jesus somewhere. Amen. Antichrist society, they would shut down all True New Testament churches, preachers, teachers, and you, if you exhibited any sign of love or allegiance to Jesus Christ. Is that, now let's take a vote. How many would say that's wrong? I'm going to have another altar call here pretty quick. 
Brother Charlie, get ready. My gun's loaded this morning. Hallelujah. How many would say it's wrong to say, Jesus, you're not welcome in this nation. God, you're not welcome. Your Bible is not welcome. We'll put the book of Muslim there. We'll, we'll put Mormon books there. We'll put anything there. But don't put a holy Bible there. Yes, I will. He wasn't ashamed of me when he died on the cross. He wasn't ashamed of me when he bore my sins, past, present, and future. He's not ashamed of me today. And though we're not perfect, thank God he loves us still with an everlasting love. Thank God, thank God for Jesus. Thank God, thank God for the Holy Bible. Thank God. Oh, praise God. The only answer to America is found a little further down, let's see, it would be in verse 7, in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ in Iconium. The only answer to America is there they preached Christ. We need Bible, anointed Bible preaching and teaching today more than at any time in the history of the United States of America. We need to hear the Word. I've had more than, it's been said more than once, Pastor, I appreciate the fact that you listen to others as they preach the Word in your church. I'm not the only one that has a Word from God. But I am and have been God's set man, God's senior man, and God's had mercy and grace and goodness. Oh, thank God for that. But the only answer to our nation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? The only, the only answer to our nation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why are you so loud about it? Because somebody's got to get loud about it. The only answer, this nation was founded on biblical principles. There might have been a couple of deists in the crowd, but this Everything, every document, everything that's in the process of trying to be destroyed and voted out and, and the craziness that's going on. Do you realize we're trying to throw God out of a nation that raised up this nation so we can do what we're doing this morning? They couldn't do this in England. It had to be the Church of England's way. They hazarded their lives so you can do what you're doing. Sit where you're sitting. Say amen where you're saying amen. Go where you've come this morning to the house of God. It's important to go to the house of God. Church is important. I said church is important. I'm not trying to be prolific. I'm trying to drive a point home this morning. We need God. We need church. We need anointed preaching and teaching. 
We need the power of the gospel of Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. Abraham Lincoln used to say, I like to see a preacher preaching like he's fighting bees. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. We can't do that all the time. But I'm telling you, thank God for anointed preaching. <laughs> and I'm going to put another little advertisement in here. We have a few days of R&R here of doing what we need to be doing. It's getting harder and harder to find the spirit of revival in our nation. Now, I know there are pockets of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there is no, but there is little. And you know, if you know anything about anything, you know I'm telling you the truth. And I've said, God, you've done it before. Do it again. Shake it one more time. Shake this nation. Shake us, God. Shake us, God. See the power of the gospel preached. Now, notice this. Notice this. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. All right. I really have said anything that I've said to come to this one point. And tried to bring out the power of hearing and acting on the Word of God. I know I've brought similar messages. Really, I'm, I'm conscious of that fact. I've brought similar messages about listening, really listening, listening in faith, and acting on the Word of God. I know I've, there may be some things that sound similar. But I just blame that on the Holy Spirit of God. Here's a man that came to church one more time. Well, what's such a big deal about that? Well, he was born lame from his mother's womb. All his life, he has never known what it was to be able to walk, to stand, much less to run. An Olympic runner, forget it, impossible. From his mother's womb, And there's some of you that have had lifelong dreams. You thought, could they ever come true? Could things ever change for me? Could I ever break out of what seems to have held me back time and time again? The man came to church one more time. And Paul was, he preached the Word. He preached the Word. Sometimes ministers say, how long can I preach? I said, as long as you're anointed. <laughs> they want me to tell them how long to preach. <laughs> you know, when, when there's an anointing, the clock just goes out the window. <laughs> when it's not there, <laughs> you can hear a loud tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Paul was preaching the Word. Paul was preaching the Word, and, and the guy wasn't sitting there playing with his phone. He wasn't on his iPad. He wasn't doing his laundry list. He wasn't writing a letter to Aunt Matilda about something. 
He wasn't daydreaming. Paul had his 100% attention. This is so simple. If the Spirit doesn't show you, I, I, I can't go much further than I'm going, but I'm going to try a little bit more. Here's a man, comes to church one more time. Remember, church is not just a place you go. Church is a place you grow. But you've got to listen, and you've got to act on what you hear and you've got to release your faith with what the speaker is saying. I don't know what all Paul was preaching. Just read two-thirds of the New Testament, and you'll figure out some of the things Paul was preaching. Paul was red hot, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the joy of the Lord, zeroed in. And Paul, that man kept watching Paul. And you know what? The Holy Spirit directed Paul to start looking at that man. Oh, Brother Nichols, when are you going to be through? You missed the whole point of everything I've said this morning. When you get hungry, nothing makes any difference. When you get real hungry for God, things and thrills and theories... Go out the window. There's things that used to really give me a buzz. I don't give a rip about them anymore. I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry to see a move of God. I'm hungry to see the power of God. I'm hungry to see the Holy Ghost move in people's lives. Revival of 93, I have no, nothing else to say when I saw people that would come every other Sunday morning if it was convenient, take vacations to come to church. Even had a couple that quit their jobs to come to church. I don't preach that for sure. Amen. People would come who would fuss about services being too long and stay for four hours now in the morning and come back at night and stay another five or five and a half hours. Where did that happen? Here in Fort Worth, Texas. Fifth and Penn Street, they've changed the streets down there now. It, it, it's where Pier 1 buildings are located. That's exactly where our church used to be downtown. When you drive down Belknap and see those two beautiful, see that big beautiful building. I think they're the most handsome buildings in all of downtown Fort Worth. But in that very location, I sat there myself and I watched people that you couldn't hire them hardly to go to church. You couldn't run them off. When they weren't sitting in a seat, they were on the carpet, out in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, crying out to God. There was a woman that was married to one of the one of the wealthy, wealthiest men in Fort Worth, they tell me. And, and her laugh, I mean, I have never, uh, I've seen two or three that would rival that, but that woman would come. And later on, I found out the story. She was the wife 
of a man who didn't care for the things of God, would not go to church with her. He literally was a heathen, although he was very much a, a public fixture financially here in Fort Worth. But she said, from a child, I've never laughed. She said, from a child, they call me a child model, and she would model as a child. Then she modeled as a teen, and then she modeled as an adult, and, and now she's married and has to be proper for the husband. She said, I'm a clone. But she said, this revival has brought me life. This revival has brought me life. The Holy Spirit of God has breathed life into me. I can laugh for the first time in my life. The joy of the Lord. Oh, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Someone saw her recently. That joy is not there. She's reverted back to where she was. She's not a bad person. She's a sweet person. But if you don't hang out where it is, it's hard to hold on to it. Who you run with is who you are. Who you run with when it's your choice, let me put it that way. You have to work with heathen a lot of times, but who you run with when the choice is yours determines who you really are and what's really happening in your life. I'm going to tell you, there's things at my time in life I thought I would be doing and going and seeing and experiencing. All of a sudden, it really doesn't make any difference. I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry and thirsting after righteousness. You say, are you feeling all right? Yeah, yeah, I really am. I'm feeling better than I've felt in over a year. Yeah, you Nothing wrong with me except I'm hungry for God. And there's an anointing of God upon me trying to get on you. There's an anointing of God in me that's trying to get on you and you and you and you and get us more hungry for God than we are anything else in our life. It's not just coming to church. Church is not a place you go. Church is a place you come to grow. That's part of your growth. That's not all of it, but that's part of it. There's something about the togetherness of the corporate body of Christ. There's something about it when we pray together, when we sing together, when we hear the Word together. Oh, when the Spirit of God stirs us, there's something about it that nothing can replace. Oh, the power of the preached Word of God. Notice, and they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his foot, feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. He's never walked. The same heard 
Paul speak. I'm in Acts, the 14th chapter, verse 9. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him. These are intense words. Heard Paul speak. Steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had, he had faith. The word that Paul was preaching joined itself with that man, and his faith began to rise as a thermometer. And finally, that faith thermometer reached the point where something had to give. Something had to give. Burdens had to be lifted. Healing had to come. Breakthrough could not be avoided. Financial miracles began to explode. The real thing that you've been searching for in things and people and thrills and whatever began to manifest in his heart. Perceiving that he had faith to be healed, Paul said with a loud voice, with a loud voice, be healed. Paul said with a loud voice, you're in a loud church. Excuse me. You say, well, God's not nervous, but he's not hard of hearing either. Come on. Stand upright on thy feet. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do in church. I never did stand up. I've been laying from my mother's womb. Who's that preacher think he is? He wants me to do something I've never done before. Stand upright on thy feet. And no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He leaped and walked, and the people saw it. My God. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Oh, Rebakashe Kataya Koto. Sheila Bakataya. Sheila Bakoto Rebaka. He leaped and he walked and he praised God. It's time to leap and walk and praise God. It's time to leap and walk and praise God. Shila bakato reka ridar bakarakasai. The rest of you just stand, just stand in faith. I dare you. I just go ahead and stand. something might happen. 